Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 28. Now, what we had done was up to verse 32. So, in that we had spoken about how a evolved being, that is an enlightened being, how does he behave in this world? For him, whatever he is doing, whether he is sitting, eating, drinking, walking or whatever activity that he is doing, he is not connected to him, that is his being. It is connected to the body and the body is doing activity literally like an automation. In his physical world, the activities like moving his hands or whatever happens automatically. It is just like instinctive responses. But nothing enters him. It is His mind is not at play at all. His mind is lost in the self and the self is inwards because everything is going inwards, you know, literally the mind, intellect. He is disconnected from the senses, mind and the body. He is disconnected. So, the body is acting on its own. There is no such thing as body acting with him. Right? So, this is what we had learnt last time. We are doing Canto 11, Part 2 of Srimad Bhagavatam, Nyan Yoga. Chapter 28, we, this is a dialogue between Sri Krishna and Uddhava. We are doing verse 33 onwards. When the sun rises, it destroys the darkness. 33 is a material nascence which expands into many varieties by the activities of the modes of nature is wrongly accepted by the conditioned soul to be identical with the self. But through the cultivation of spiritual knowledge, my dear Uddhava, the same nascence fades away at the time of liberation. The eternal self on the other hand is never assumed and never abandoned. So, sounds a little bit tough, so let me explain it to you. Material nascence means material ignorance. What is the meaning of the word material ignorance? Material ignorance is everything that you see, do, touch, feel, whatever is expressed or impressed on the body from outside is not true at all. It is absolutely unreal. So, material nascence means ignorance connected to the material domain. Let us say there is an individual in this world. Now, this particular person he is a great uh, philanthropist. You know that there are great philanthropists in this world. He is also a great philanthropist and he, what he is doing is, he is taking out 50% of his income and giving it to charity. He goes and helps people in the material world and he helps all the poor people that are there. Now, the material world feels this man is godly. And immediately they think that this person must be evolved in life. If evolution has happened, he is moved higher in life. Or there is another person who does great sacrifice. That means instead of, you know, the food. Now there is one, one bread and there are many people who are there in front of him. So he gives his last piece of bread also to someone else. Immediately the thought is, oh, this must be a great human being. He is an evolved person, but that is wrong. There is another person who might be, you know, a very kind-hearted soul who is not only given to charity, but in the material world, he has given up a lot of things. Lot of things in the sense, he has given up on smoking, drinking, womanizing, staying with the family, whatever that is required. And 
wanted to become spiritual or is in spiritual is in spiritual so what happens is he evolved no not at all he is not even touching the the corner of what is called as enlightenment he is not there at all the moment you think you are doing something or the moment the world thinks that you are such a great person that person no longer is great he is not an evolved being so a question is are there evolved being in this world of course there are lots of them but we do not know them for a simple reason that is because an evolved person that is an enlightened person never draws attention on himself i hope you got the answer so because he looks at the entire world as unreal nothing in the world appears real to him nothing absolutely nothing so material nescience which expands into many varieties of activities of the modes of nature is wrongly accepted by the conditioned soul to be identical with the self so people who think that an enlightened person is supposed to do some physical activity like helping the poor people helping those who are sick those who are in terrible need isn't that what we all think when we look at sai baba or one of the great sages we are expecting them to be helpful to be kind to people around isn't that what you think but that is not needed it is not even a necessary requirement for becoming enlightened or being in the other world he is being lost in the self there is no requirement do you understand this it means that in case tomorrow you get enlightened if you keep on thinking that i have to save the world i have to help the world i have to do kindness with to everybody i have to be you know nice to everyone okay i have to fulfill their desires if somebody comes to you and says oh i need a baby so you should okay god bless you my child you will have a baby if somebody is doing those kind of thing it is not a necessary requirement do you understand all that is material worldly ignorance anything any activity connected to the material world is nothing to do with the realized beings so it is wrongly accepted so people wrongly accept people everybody wrongly accepts that an enlightened person is supposed to help no but through the cultivation of spiritual knowledge my dear uddhava the same nescience fades away at the time of liberation so if you are on the path of becoming enlightened and if you feel that i have done so much for this world you understand what i'm saying you have been a kind hearted soul you have helped people in terrible distress you have gone and done so many other things and that is the reason why you are getting enlightenment is all wrong that is also wrong and people thinking otherwise about him is also wrong because that is material worldly ignorance please remember this so when you are enlightened this material worldly nescience this ignorance fades away goes away so enlightenment tells you you are not here in this world to become a great sage or to help people around so then why do these saints and sages help everybody do you know the reason is they have a command from the divine it's a god given command the moment you get a command a higher command from god 
that now you have reached enlightenment okay now you got to work for mankind go do some work over there so some of the sages then took up certain activities like say for example a sage like dronacharya he must have taken some activity of teaching someone you know dhanurvidya that is archery vishwamitra vashishta muni vashishta muni started an ashram now in the ashram there were lots of students now in vashishta muni's ashram there was a student by the name shri ram i think you know the story of ramayana i don't have to repeat it for you so shri ram goes to vashishta muni and also vishwamitra and he gets trained over there so sages can be given the power of attorney to train people to do some activity in this world jesus christ asked his father in heaven and the father in heaven told him to spread the word of god spread his word and spread love that is all that is needed if you think that they are supposed to go and work for poor people which is what the common understanding in the material world is oh if you are a saint or a sage or if you are an enlightened being you are supposed to go and h e l p no there is no need unless and until you have a divine command remember this otherwise if you think you are helping people it is called ego which means your personal ego says oh you are helping someone i hope you got that answer right now the eternal self on the other hand is never assumed and never abandoned so you should never assume or abandon anything in this world what is this assumption assumption that if if there is a divine being now the divine being should not assume okay this world is not in god you understand what i'm saying if he thinks and assumes that this world is not in god things i am not supposed to do on his own no all those drop off automatically there is a difference isn't it like i told you his hands are moving automatically did i say this exactly in the same way whatever activity that he does is dropped off automatic but if he thinks he is doing something then there is something wrong got it when the sun rises it destroys the darkness covering men's eyes but it does not create the object they see before them which in fact were existing all along similarly potent and factual realization of me will destroy the darkness covering a person's true consciousness so this is also an important verse where he says now he is given one example what is that example the example which he is given says when the sun rises you know when the sun is rising now you can see behind me there is a little bit of brightness the sun is rising over there and if you recollect i was telling you that the face looks dark <laughs> so just imagine do you think when the sun came up the face came into existence is that what you think no the face was already there right <laughs> of course the sun just brightened it a little bit maybe one percent brighter otherwise it is there in the same way objects appear to mankind to human being when the sun rises got it you see in darkness you may not see the object but when the sun rises what happens you see the object so it does not mean that the object came into existence just because the sun rose got it 
now we will apply this to enlightenment when enlightenment happens when the sun rises these two sentences take them together when enlightenment appears in that individual it is not that things appear in his world or they appear different no nothing like that happens if he is eating a bowl of porridge it is still going to be a bowl of porridge just because he is enlightened is not going to become something completely different no it's not going to there is a you know, there is a misconception misconception is this that enlightened beings enlightened beings are vegetarian in nature this is nonsense those who are truly enlightened don't even know what they are eating do you understand this they don't even have any inkling or knowledge or understanding that something like that is happening a normal being a normal human being knows what he is eating isn't it so there was one small story which i had told you all earlier but i will tell you once again once upon a time there was a sage in varanasi that is banaras now this particular sage was born at the end of the 16th century 17th century now this particular sage used to roam around all over the place hmm? in varanasi now remember in varanasi is very famous temple over there of shiva now now this particular temple he used to go on a very regular basis now the name of the sage is telanga swami telanga swami okay now telanga swami used to be roaming around literally naked because he was an avdhuta and hardly anybody you know approached him because he used to do a lot lot of activities which people were afraid of so every now and then he would go and visit the king on his own in his garden he will go so 250 years later he lived for more than 250 years okay <laughs> so early 1900s early 1900s there was a king of kashi kashi is the same place varanasi so the king of kashi knew he was a great sage and he would visit him and would pray to telanga swami so one day it so happened that telanga swami went inside this kashi vishwanath temple kashi vishwanath temple is the temple which is the shiva's you know that pindi is there inside and the people over there were told never to stop him the king had given instructions never ever stop this person okay let him do what he wants so early in the morning when the temple doors open he would be entering the temple and he would pray at that time but that day what he does is something very unique he sits in front of the temple and takes that entire poo and <laughs> puts it right round that shrine now that is something which cannot be accepted for a normal human being now the people are angry everybody all the hindus and everybody over there are upset how can he do like this but the king's word is you cannot touch that person and nothing can be done to him. <laughs> so he just walks out of that building in that temple and the word reaches the king the king wants to meet telanga so naturally in the king's gardens telanga swami is roaming around naked again so he bows down to him and says swami ji can you please come to my palace now naturally it's a blasphemous kind of an act an act which cannot be pardoned i'm sure you know so he's taken in over there and uh, 
the king says, please have some lunch with me. And there is a multiple course meal arranged for. So much of food is made for one person. 20, 30, 40, you know, vessels of food is created. Different, 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 different varieties. And he sits at one end of the table and the king is serving him. Just imagine this scene. <laughs> it's like whatever the king is serving, he is eating it up. He empties literally all the vessels over there. Now this is a true story and it is an amazing story. And naturally you see, when a sage like this, an enlightened being, when he does this kind of an activity, is a very strange activity. Everybody is, is afraid. They are all standing over there trying to get those you know vessels out of the way. So finally, when the king is, you know, bowing down to the sage, naturally, you see, when you offer something to the great people, they, whatever they leave in their plate is called a prasad. Prasad means what you eat after the sage has eaten. So naturally, the king is waiting for his prasad. Amazingly, what he had done in the temple, he does it once again. <laughs> he puts that thing on his plate and then he covers it up and he tells the king, this is your prasad, eat it. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody like that saying something to the king of that country? You know, because uh, Washi, you know, Kashi was a country at that point in time. It's a big girl. And the king says, thank you very much Gurudev for giving me this prasad. I will have it. And he walks out of that place. Nobody stops him. All the courtiers over there, everybody who is there is afraid. Now what is king going to do? <laughs> the king sits in his place and he takes a spoon and he opens that thing. When he opens, you know that shira we call it? <laughs> it has converted into a very nice sweet meat. And then the king eats it. This entire thing happened right in front of all those, you know, king's cronies plus the king himself. Now think about it. He is an enlightened person. You may think, you know, what kind of a glutton he is. He's eaten everything on the table. But the enlightened beings have absolutely no clue. They are literally like on remote, you know, they are just doing it because that is how it is. Second aspect is, the enlightened being, whatever, I mean, whatever poo that he is given and all that kind of thing that we thought of, has no, he has no inkling about it. So the king was a great disciple of his. So he knew exactly what was. Sometimes these sages, sometimes these enlightened beings, you know, they behave so rudely, sometimes angrily, sometimes they will misbehave with people. They can do anything. And we may think that, oh, these people are idiots or something like that. Don't. Don't ever say anything like that. Don't ever point fingers at them. Please never do that. Don't say that he is a bad person. or something Because they don't even have any clue of what they are doing. So did you understand this? When the sun rises, it destroys the darkness covering man's eyes. But it does not create the object that they see before them. Which in fact were existing all along. Similarly potent and factual realization of me. Those who realize Krishna will destroy the darkness covering a person's true consciousness. So we were doing Jnana Yoga. Do you remember this chapter's name? Jnana Yoga. Jnana Yoga, to achieve Jnana Yoga, like I told you at the beginning of the chapter itself, it's the toughest thing in the world. 
so we can just drop the subject you know it's not so important for us because please understand we have a five you know five gram mind we don't even have much in that mind we are only bothered about our day to day activities why not use that mind for just being devoted to the lord so what is krishna saying is now you have seen what an enlightened person does and what an enlightened person is be devoted to me be devoted to me i will personally ensure that all this darkness that is there the material worldly nescience that is there will go away from your life then from tomorrow you will not say i am helping somebody you got the point if you are a krishna bhakt you don't help anybody you don't do anything which is like i am doing charity i am giving money i am saving the people i am saving this world this kind of words you will not say once you are a devotee of krishna whatever krishna commands you will do if krishna says that you have to be you know a part of a group you have to take it as a divine command and just do what is necessary do you understand there is a lot of ego which comes in the way ego comes isn't it why should i do this no there is no need of ego where love and devotion is no ego can stay there you understand this love and devotion is the biggest enemy of ego ego will get killed in that fight so have love and devotion for krishna and krishna will guide you along on the path now you may say oh i don't know krishna it does not matter he will work through your hands you understand what i'm saying he will work through you you are literally like a conduit you know a pipeline and everything will happen on its own don't ever attribute it to i did it i did it i did it never say those words i did it got it so this is what the verse means now verse 35 says the supreme lord is self luminous unborn and immeasurable he is pure transcendental consciousness and perceives everything one without a second he is realized only after ordinary word ceases by him the power of speech and the life airs are set into motion now we are describing krishna himself what is krishna he is self luminous that means he doesn't need any books or anything to enlighten him you got what i'm saying everything that he is doing or working out or saying is all automatic it is it is self effulgent knowledge then he is unborn so there is no such thing as birth now let us say if he is born in the year 1900 you know as a child in some village so you can't say oh krishna was born in 1900 and okay then something happened it's not necessary you understand he is not that person who is come out from somebody's womb remember this he is not a person who has come out from somebody's womb he is a person he is one who has taken up that body so there is no such thing as birth it goes the same for all the great people like jesus christ or whosoever jesus christ just took up a body christ took up a body likewise buddha took up a body so they have taken up a body doesn't mean that they have started at that point in time okay this is the day he was born no not necessary so the, if you think that you are celebrating christmas because of a particular thing it is just for your satisfaction you can take any day in a year and say say that okay krishna was born on this day or he uh, jesus was born on any day you know very well that the the day 25th of december is not actually his birthday you know that very well the reason simply is because the dates were changed late in 17th century you know the world lost a couple of months because that half half a day, the quarter day which is there you know 
if jesus is birthday was in june and suddenly it is in december so anybody who comes to you and says you know jesus was born on 25th of december not necessarily that is how it is you can take any day any day in the year and say this is jesus is birthday i am going to celebrate is the same thing when people come and celebrate i am not jesus but i am just telling you when people will say okay you are born on 5th of april okay fine celebrate one birthday cut a cake you are born on 4th of july i mean uh, 4th of july no 4th of july is independence day <laughs> you say 4th of march i say okay take that as a day does it really matter no you can take every day as a celebration day you know in your own case also you have just taken this body you have just taken a body doesn't mean that you have celebrated it's like just imagine i am taking a big bottle of water you know a 25 liter bottle and i am taking one small bottle which is say 500 milliliters and i am pouring this 20 you know that 25 liter into this five, you know half a half a liter and say can i say the water was born on the day when i poured it inside the bottle i can't say those words exactly like that we got poured into this bottle this body doesn't mean that okay i was born on this day you just entered that bottle okay simply like that so nobody can predict or say that jesus entered that body on 25th of december so this is something which you need to understand again and krishna's birthday krishna janmashtami is celebrated all over the india okay or maybe the world now people assume that krishna was born on that day the assumption that he took up a body and we celebrate left to everybody's own interpretation it does not really matter you want to take up that day and celebrate because you want to eat a cake it is your choice okay ah you are enjoying the cake that is your choice you can bring a cake you can give flowers to him does not matter what difference does it make you be happy with it all right this is called nescience being removed that means ignorance being removed the day this nescience goes away from your life the day this ignorance goes away from your life you will understand this so what he says the lord is self luminous unborn so i hope you understood the word unborn he is not born at all immeasurable don't think that if krishna was just 5 feet something he is going to be 5 feet something and then you will say how can a 5 feet god rule this entire universe this universe is so big you know you require a god bigger than the universe you think it's like a dog and a, and a man is it okay this universe is a dog and the man is like a god okay he is taking him on a leash nothing like that that's a way of looking at it 
you don't require a god who is you know a billion feet tall or something like that who is taking care of the universe okay now this universe i can beat beat it out oh no nothing like that he can be 5 feet he can be nothing also he can be just 2 feet also you remember vaman avatar short fellow very short and that is the reason why he was told you can take three steps and then you can take those three steps as your own he covered the three steps over first he did earth second he did the heavens and the third one he said i don't know where to put the foot so king vali maharaj said put it on my head so he put <laughs> put the foot on his head and he says okay now all these three things are mine so <laughs> so vali maharaj accepted it and said yes i'm very sorry i was an egoistic person so what did the what did the lord do he gave him because you see remember he put his hand his leg on his head no so when he put his leg on his head he pushed him down to the hells okay ha this is the story so he is a ruler of a particular domain in hell so he is the big boss over there he is there today i mean if you really want to go to hell tell me <laughs> so okay so i hope you understood this so they, this is how it works his pure transcendental consciousness now the idea that the lord is some entity you know with multiple hands just imagine we have five fingers he must be having a billion fingers with every finger he must be doing something imagine he is sitting in front of a computer and he is punching all that he is not doing like that i mean he doesn't have billion fingers it's our imagination okay neither does he have a billion heads no again it's your imagination you think he is like kind of a you know weird looking creature or something like that no so when people draw the bearded man and all that maybe four hands and maybe 20 hands it's all imagination don't go into that the lord is pure consciousness see what he says he is pure transcendental consciousness consciousness means like i told you the word awareness knowledge you know those kind of things you just be thankful that there is a lord so the question see if the the term consciousness is very difficult to understand because anybody can interpret it whichever way like that my interpretation is very simple even if you are woken up in the middle of night and ask the question is there a lord the answer so if the next question we have you seen him not necessary to see him then how do you know he is there i just know i just know he is there that is transcendental consciousness just having the knowledge that there is a divine lord and he is the one who is all this and perceives everything he has everything under his control if there is one without he is one without a second he there is nobody to compare to him one without a second so there is no other thing or person that you can say comparable to him he is realized only after ordinary word ceases the moment you keep on saying words like god is immortal god is this god is that words can words describe god no don't even try describing him don't even say i know because the word i know makes i the i is ego you don't know can we just assume accept let it be just assume is there okay by him the power of speech and the life airs are set in motion so with him only he came into existence he brought everything into existence he never came into existence he brought everything into existence for us also our speech came because of him 
so we just have to let it be okay so never try to describe god if somebody says do you know how your god looks like no sir then how can you believe in him i just believe just like i believe in myself i know i am the way you think you are that way god is so the answer to all the questions you know there there is a religion which is called the i am religion do you know that if you google this there is a religion called i am so in our world you see he is god she is god or whatever is god we say the first word if i remove i he she it thou whatever there is nothing left there god remove the word god because i don't know how what is god so remove the word what is remaining is called is is god is <laughs> that's it period there is no other word there even the word i am doesn't exist is okay now you go go look up is what does it say <laughs> is can become was very soon in people's lives you know that no <laughs> something they are not able to achieve they will say god is not there so is always exist so i hope you understood this whatever apparent duality is perceived in the self is simply the confusion of the mind indeed such supposed duality has no basis to rest upon apart from one's own soul so any duality that you see in this world what is the duality that we see in this the duality is i am different somebody else is different you understand you are sitting across on the other side you think you are different than me or if i feel you know oh i am different okay no there is no such difference everything is one okay everything is one see the word again came is no everything is one it's god the divinity exists in this world do you remember in the previous sometime back we had done god doesn't exist in anything there is only an idea that he exists please understand this this enlightenment brings this back to you that god is everything god is everything he that means even an extension the duality which you think exists is god if you think he is advaita he is god if you think that there is a singularity that is god if you think there is a duality that is god don't bother your head about other people this understanding this knowledge this apparent duality this kind of a duality which exists in the world. this is my children these are my children this is me this is my husband this is me this is my wife this is me no this is my house the things that you you differentiate isn't it i am eating i am drinking this is happening that is happening these are my friends these are my enemies people say no these are my friends and those are my enemies we keep on saying this that there is this 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 whole thing is called duality this is called apparent duality is perceived in the self is simply the confusion of the mind the moment you perceive this duality that i am different my husband is different my wife is different my children are different my parents are different this is different this is duality actually there is no you are the self that is all that is there to understand is simply the confusion of the mind indeed such supposed duality has no basis to rest upon apart from one's own soul that is you are the self and the soul you are one there is only one there is no double you are one that's it period now do you understand what the sage goes through the sage doesn't see anything as an outside his being isn't it 
Now think about it. Do you know what I am saying? You see, you may say this sweater is different than me. Correct? These glasses of mine are different than me. Can I say the same for my finger? Is this different than me? No, you think it is part of my body. Okay? Same way hair. Is this different than me? No, it is attached to the body. So you will say this hair is in the body, this finger is in the body. But the glasses, they are outside the body, they are different. The sweater is different. Right? This difference is called duality. The sage sees this plus the glasses as one. I hope you understand this. So, if the glasses are him only, even if you remove them, it still doesn't go out of his system. Because even the chair is him, the table is him, the other people in this world, you know, see there are hundred people around him, they are also him. Please understand, they are like his fingers. They are not, they are not separate from him. So, this is the singularity which the mind doesn't, in a normal human being, the mind creates this duality. But in the sage's mind, there is no duality whatsoever. So, now I want you to think very carefully. When Jesus said to Lazarus, rise from the grave, do you think he was saying to some person called Lazarus? No, he was talking to his own body because that person is not different than him. Similarly, Mary is not different than him. I hope you understand. Even the cross, that wooden cross which he was put on is not different than him. So now, this is a thing which should dawn upon you. The reason why we pray to the cross is because we consider it as him. We take the, you know, Sai Baba's footwear and we pray to the footwear because we think that that is him. It is not separate from his body. We are not separate from him. You get the point? So many a times when people say to me, also when they come and they talk to me and they say, bless me. I said, you are already blessed. You know why? Because you are me only. You are just an extension of me. There is nothing different. So when people say, you have gone so far away. I have not gone far away. I am with you. You are in me. You are in me. It, it, there is no differentiation. So, if you wish to, you can just stretch your hand and I am there. You got this? This is the difference that is arising. I am not different than you. So, never ever think that I am separate than you and I am away from you. I am billion miles away. Nothing like that. I am with you 24 bars. Because this is what is the truth. Like I told you, the glasses are no different than the sage. You got the point? They are a part of his body. This is what he says. See the line. Whatever apparent duality is perceived in the self is simply the confusion of the mind. Indeed, such supposed duality has no basis to rest upon apart from one's own soul. This individual called the sage knows that he is the soul, the soul. And you know one day I told you there are no different souls. Different, 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 different. There are no different. There is only one soul. If there is one soul, and we consider it as the supreme, then where is the question of differentiation? There is no difference. I hope you understood this. The duality of the five material elements is perceived only in terms of names and form. Those who say this duality is real are pseudo-scholars vainly proposing fanciful theories without basis in fact. 
Krishna is giving one more explanation. He says, you see the moment you say there are five elements in nature and these five elements, five you know different organs, five actions, you are talking something wrong. He says, is perceived only in name and Do you remember me saying one bottle to the other? Huh? That bottle may be named Evian and this bottle may be named something else. Does it matter? Everything is one and the same. So there is only we think bottle is different. This assumption that bottles, we are all bottles. You know, the moment you have this concept that this is a body, this is a body, this is a body and this is a body, we have differentiated everything in this world. This differentiation, the moment it ceases, you have reached your state of enlightenment. Please understand this. The day you see this entire world as a part of that one whole, now I will tell you what my dream, what I saw that day. On 4th of March, 2001, I saw outside the window of Malia Hospital. Everything, all answers falling down, literally like, you know, one, one block of the jigsaw puzzle. It was literally fitting, tuck, 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 as assume automatically an entire jigsaw puzzle is in front of you, billions of pieces and they are just going and sitting in the right places. Do you know what it means? We are a part of that big jigsaw. One part, just one part, but the whole thing makes a picture. One picture only. So where are we different? Everybody is in that jigsaw. We are a part and parcel of that entirety. But the moment you think of yourself as one separate part, you are separating yourself out. That is the problem which starts with you. Do not think of yourself as a separate from that whole jigsaw puzzle. You are one piece amongst those zillion pieces out there. That is one soul. That is one soul. And the moment you remove one piece out, you say, I am separate. That is not true. This is what he is saying over here. Those who say this duality is real are pseudo-scholars, vainly proposing fanciful theories without basis in fact. So do you understand what Krishna is saying? Krishna is saying, you are a part of this whole, one only, one soul, one Atma, which is called Paramatma or the super soul or what we call as God Almighty. We are a part of that. Do not take yourself out of it and saying, I am different, I am like this, my name is so and so. It's only names and form. Isn't that what I said? See, the duality of the five material elements is perceived only in terms of names and form. Those who say this duality is real are pseudo-scholars vainly proposing fanciful theories without basis. So, we are all one. Okay? And there is no differentiation between us. And I am not separate from you. Neither are you ever separate from me. You are always with me. I am always with you. We are together into all these things. Okay? So, the moment that duality comes and then we say, oh, this one is different, that one is different, forget it. It does not matter. Can you just let it be? Let it be. If somebody wants to act nasty with you, let it be. Okay? You want to retaliate? It's okay. Go retaliate. Who cares? You understand what I am saying? You know, two vessels, when they stick to each other, they are anyway going to make noise. You know, try putting two empty vessels next to each other. What happens? Only noise will happen. Your job? is to be just an experiencer. Just experience this beauty. It may be the worst experience of your life. You may be going through hell. Why not experience it? It's like putting you on the cross, no? <laughs> you are going through hell. So what is the big deal? Go through that. 
It's just an experience to the body. The body will get punctured with that nail. What is the difference does it make to the soul? No difference. Because the moment you think separate, 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 then there is going to be a problem. And then somebody saying something to you, you will take it that, oh, this person was very nasty with me. He spoke like this. She did like this. You know, those kind of things. What is the point? So, be that enlightened person and don't bother your head about all. Just consider you are a part of the divine and do the job which you have come to do in this world. Just do it. Continue doing it. And don't bother your head about it. Got it? The Bhagavatam teaches us about this. Uddhava was very rightly taught this knowledge. And today you are getting that knowledge. Saying that everything is one. There is no need to have this duality in you. Well, if you think it is difficult to understand, don't bother your head about it. You know what is the easiest thing to do? Love and devotion. At the end of the day, we still come back to our old story. Love and devotion. Just have love and devotion for Krishna. That's it. Period. Okay? And so, we have come to the end of the verse 37. We will do the verse 38 onwards tomorrow. Okay? So, you take care. You have a very good day.